Welcome to the Theory to Action podcast, where we examine the timeless treasures of wisdom from the great books in less time to help you take action immediately and ultimately to create and lead a flourishing life. Now, here's your host, David Kaiser. Hello, I am David, and welcome back to the Theory to Action podcast in this special segment we call The Catholic Corner. Now, our book of the day takes its title from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, so let's go to the book. Quote, And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And then they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O men of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? End of quote. Matthew eight twenty three through 27. And that quote is the opening quote to Father Gerald Murray's book titled Calming the Storm. It's his conversation with Diane Montaigne, and the subtitle is Navigating the Crises Facing the Catholic Church and Society. It was written in 2022. It's a remarkable, remarkable book. I read it in just a matter of days, cover to cover. And then I was fortunate enough to take an online class with Father Murray where he further elaborated on the book, and that was equally remarkable and fantastic. Now, if you don't know Father Murray, he is a canon lawyer. He is a parish priest in the New York Archdiocese, and he's widely read on the Catholic Thing website and is a member of the Papal Posse on EWTN, which appears on Raymond Arroyo's The World Over program on Thursday evenings. Like I said, this book's format is uh, another great quality. It's a question and answer format, and I've always, always loved those. They're very easy to read. Plus, the interviewer, Diane Montagna, uh, she's well known for her reporting from Rome She's an American journalist, but she also reports on all things Catholic coming out of the Holy See. And I must say, um, she is a very good interviewer based on the questions in this book. So why did I love this book so much? In addition to what I just said, I was also, like I said, fortunate enough to go through a five-week course with Father Murray. That online course was very helpful and fruitful, but also... The reason I loved the book when I got done with it is because Father Murray, through Diane's great questions, obviously, gives us what I'm calling a modern-day catechism. Well, at least as close to a catechism as we can get. Father does a great job in giving us the root causes and the potential solutions coming from authentic Catholic teaching, which is a supreme blessing, but especially during this whole upheaval of time that we are facing right now in the church and in society. There's a lot of confusion out there, especially confusion from Pope Francis to many wayward 
Catholic cardinals to some bishops in the world, us lay Catholic faithful are very, very confused, and the church leadership is not helping at all with this major issue of confusion. Father Murray's book, however, helps begin that process to clarify and make clear what is the authentic Catholic Church teaching. Now, it would be wonderful if more bishops would speak up this way by upholding the Catholic faith across the world and not contradicting the faith. Plus, as good shepherds, which they are called to be, they would help their flock even more. And this example would provide, I think, a great deal of calm in the storm, just like our title of the book says. And it would also help to contribute to overcome a severe lack of leadership in the church today. And furthermore, it's just not good enough to say that this thing is bad or that thing is bad, but to teach and explain and give example where another way is a much better way. All of us would be in much better shape. But sadly, that's not the case. We have to look at the world the way it is, the way we find it. And that's where Father Murray's book and his insights to us, the lay faithful, to see how our faith can pave the way through these difficult, difficult times. So to dig deeper and to unpack what I'm trying to say and to give an example, let's go to the book itself so we can dig into this. Going to the book, quote, in the city of Augustine, St. Augustine calls Babylon the city of the world, the eternal enemy of the church, the city of confusion. Today, confusion seems to reign in the world and the church too. Father Murray, what is this age of confusion? And here's Father Murray's answer. The essential problem we face in the Western world is the loss of reality. How true is that? We have entered into a nihilistic worldview in which nothing is what it is, where there is no such thing as what something is. According to this view, something only becomes what it is when we determine it. It's called the plasticity of reality. Everything is subject to man's reshaping or designating of value. We have adopted a philosophical outlook that rejects metaphysical realism, which is the foundation of Western civilization. Metaphysical realism is an essentially Aristotelian view of the world, which, when combined with the Roman legal mind, produced Western civilization in the pre-Christian period. Christianity then added the supernatural understanding that correctly guides sense perception. Understanding accurately the nature of things is complemented by the supernatural understanding of the divine purpose of creation. So there's a lot there. Very, very deep stuff, but incredible analysis by Father Murray saying we have entered into a nihilistic view of the world. Absolutely right. Now, nihilism comes from the Latin word of nihil, nihil which means nothing. And a basic understanding of this nihilism philosophy is that it rejects the fundamental aspects we as a general society accept, namely objective truth cannot be sought out or found in nihilism. 
and morality or values should have no acceptance because they are not real. Now, this destructive philosophy comes to us from Frederick Nietzsche, who was a German philosopher who lived in the second half of the 19th century. Now, as a side note, the more we dig into these destructive philosophies, the essential anti-flourishing philosophies, the more we see, ironically, Germany coming up over and over again as these philosophers try to understand the world. So I'm not sure what's up with the Germans, but they don't have a great track record in this area. And a quick scan of the the German anti-flourishing philosophers, as I'm going to call them, are number one, Karl Marx, number two, Immanuel Kant, number three, Frederick Nietzsche, number four, George Hegel, and number five, Martin Heidegger. Now, all these guys had destructive philosophies against a Christian or a Catholic worldview. And most of this philosophy culminated into the Frankfurt School in the early 20th century, which we see keep coming, it keeps coming up over and over again as a beehive of anti-flourishing philosophy, which has led us to our modern, to our current postmodern culture. Now, getting back to the book, let's revisit Father Murray explaining a correct view of human and Christian understanding. And this question comes up. Can you say more about this metaphysical realism? Let's go back to the book. Yes, God created the world and gave man natural intelligence and the ability to understand the world. The world is intelligible and it exists apart from man's mind. When we attempt to understand, we can go only so far with natural reason, but that is sufficient to create a social order that is essentially just. But there's more to reality and justice than what man can figure out on his own, and that's why that's why natural religion cedes to supernatural religion. The correct and fuller, fuller understanding of creation in the natural order is ultimately found in Christ's revelation. Natural understanding can be shortchanged and lead to cruelty. I'm only a student of philosophy, but the ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle taught that the material world that we see can be understood through observation and analysis, and that categories of being are inherently present in creation. So in discovering what things are, we can find out what their purpose is, i.e. why they exist. Aristotle taught that we can understand reality based on the study of how things function. The world is not a shadow dream world as Platonism understands it, where reality is hidden from our eyes, although Plato had many good things to say otherwise. Reality is intelligible and categories exist and therefore creation has a commonality. The stone I see in China is the same thing I see in North America, and they can be acted upon in similar ways and produce similar results. In other words, creation is mysterious, but it isn't unintelligible. That leads to some definite conclusions. For example, when we examine the human body and the way the human mind works, we see that we are meant to act in certain ways and not in others and that if we act in accordance with our nature, it will produce well-being. And this can also, 
This can happen also on a social level, where the people cooperate to produce common well-being. All of this leads to definite conclusions about what should and should not be tolerated in society. End of quote. So fascinating, fascinating stuff. And then Diane asks just an extremely important question. Why ought a concept like metaphysical realism matter to the average person? And here's Father Murray's answer. Quote, because reality is the key to everything in life, happiness, flourishing, achievement, wisdom, and love. All of this depends on a proper encounter with reality on understanding the nature of what is given and then conforming to that according to our capabilities. Reality is predictable because it has a nature. If you eat and sleep right, you're going to be a healthy person. Disease may arise, but if you cooperate with the way God made us, you are going to flourish. The same thing goes for study. If you put the energy and effort into it, you're going to learn things. And based on that knowledge, you're going to be capable of doing other things, which will benefit you and others. The Aristotelian point of view was essentially adopted by St. Thomas Aquinas, but it also has, but it is also in conformity with the Roman legal way of life. In other words, the Roman Empire functioned on the social level on a basis of similar metaphysical realism on a commonly shared appreciation of a given reality. Christianity brought all of this to completion through the revelation of God, the creator, and his law for his creation. So you can see there just just, uh, fascinating, fascinating uh, thinking by Father Murray. Explains everything very, very well. And we're uncovering some super deep nuggets of wisdom. And I think we're on to something here because Father Murray gives us a clear, concise thinking and explanation about the state of our world and how to think about it. Now, let's stop and digest what Father just said to make an analogy. And I hope this helps everyone understand this greatness of what he just explained. But this seems to be a filet mignon, so to speak, a filet mignon steak when for the past 50 years in our culture, we have been eating McDonald's. There's a vast difference between eating McDonald's and eating a filet mignon. And here's the kicker. Father Murray will be the first to tell you that he is not brilliant, that this is basic, fundamental, classical, Catholic education. This is nothing new. But for us modern folks who for the last 50 years have been eating McDonald's cheeseburgers, so to speak. And then we begin to bite into a filet mignon. Now, my apologies to all you vegans out there, but I hope you understand the analogy. This is deep and a wide and sophisticated thinking that Western civilization has developed through its Judeo-Christian mindset for the last 2,500 years. And now we're looking at today's competing worldviews which seem to be coming to a head a clash if you will because some have a deep acceptance of the western civilization mindset and a deep deep appreciation of it and there's another set of folks 
that are deeply, deeply, if not extremely radical in their anti-Western civilization mindset. They despise Western civilization. These are radical Marxists. These are the Antifa thugs. These are some elected members of Congress. These are folks at the levers of power now. And let's be clear, they hate all things Western civilization. Especially if it's coming from a Judeo-Christian heritage, since they're anti-religion, as Marx was, and most of the other German thinkers. Now, Father Murray goes on to help us understand these deeper seismic shifts that are happening below us. Let's go back to the book. Diana asked the question, when did this perspective shift? The Enlightenment largely rejected the God-centered understanding of creation and redemption and replaced it with a man-centered perspective in which human genius would no longer seek to know the truth of creation, but would rather redefine reality. This arrogant usurpation of the creator's sole prerogative predictably has led to skepticism and relativism. How true. He goes on, it leads to a basic proposition that modern thinking in so many ways reflects, i.e. that the world is whatever I want it to be, and I can and will use force to make it so. Because the only reason it isn't the way I want it to be is because some evil opponents are stopping me and my friends from accomplishing it. And that's basically what we have today in the woke cancel culture revolution. So very, very good stuff there. Then Father Murray concludes later with this view of the Renaissance. Quote, the Renaissance has some good aspects, but also had an element of self-worship that was devastating. Self-worship is a modern variant on the pagan practice of creating gods who embody human virtues and vices. Human achievements are now worshipped at the altar of self-aggrandizement. End of quote. (laughs) Now, to me, that's just wonderful and remarkable analysis because we here in the 21st century can see the elimination of thinking about the virtues and vices in a classical sense and our culture using, as Father Murray says, human achievements that are now worshipped on the altar of self-aggrandizement. How Perfectly true is that. So to conclude this Catholic Corner segment, we Christians and Catholics will have to study more and fight the temptations of easy and lazy thinking, which our current culture produces in mass abundance. And this will take hard work to separate the modern philosophical garbage from the classical excellence and to get back to the human the basics of human flourishing with a Western worldview. Now we will have some allies on the way. I'm sure classical education is making a comeback. Thank God. And we've covered this topic before on this podcast, but we should also remember that Christ as the head of the boat always, no matter if we think he's sleeping or not, like in St. Matthew's gospel, When that great storm appeared and threw the apostles into doubt and great fear, the closer we stay to Christ, the better we will be. 
And he, as he always keeps his promises, he will always be there to see us through the storms and perhaps even to calm those storms for us. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this Theory to Action podcast. Be sure to check out our show page at teammojoacademy.com where we have everything we discussed in this podcast as well as other great resources. Until next time, keep getting your mojo on. Are you a voracious reader who yearns for a deeper understanding of your favorite books? Or perhaps you're a busy professional seeking to enrich your knowledge, but short on time. The Mojo Academy 2.0 is your perfect solution. Our revamped service now includes beautifully designed monthly written reviews and PDF format to accompany our popular audio reviews. These aren't just summaries. These are comprehensive and insightful explorations of each book packed with the actual quotes from the book to enhance your understanding. With usually six to nine pages per review, they are perfect reference tools to take your learning to the next level. Get your free Mojo Academy review in written format at teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes for that free link. Again, teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes and you will see the link for the free written review. Get yours today.